Hello, and welcome to Book Reviews Kill, a podcast about fantasy, sci-fi, and horror novels. I'm Chad. And I'm Evan. You are listening to The Friday Forge, a weekly episode where we dismantle short stories, smell the bookish ideas, and hammer out topics brought forth by the Book Reviews Kill community. And in this week, we are doing part two of the hot takes because there was so many, a veritable furnace of hot takes. So we had to do a part two here and come around this mulberry bush one more time. Evan, you want to start us off with hot take part two? Hot take part two. All right. So our first hot take comes from Sir Deadlock out of the Discord. These are all from the Discord, by the way. Uh, so there's no point in me saying for each one of them that is from the Discord because they're all from the Discord. Yeah, and you want to be included, go hit up the Discord. Uh, we have two from Sir Deadlock. So the first one is, for a first read of a long-standing series, books should be read in publication, that's publication in all caps, uh, order, not necessarily chronological plot order for the best experience. Hmm. hmm. That matters a lot on like the series and like what you mean by experience. I, know, I was going to say, I think it depends on the series, right? Right. Uh, totally. Totally. What immediately comes to mind for me is Redwall. Uh, that oh, seems to be like a very big point of contention between, you know, big Redwall fans is which order you're supposed to read the series in. Oh, wow. Because they are... You get into some very niche Reddit feeds, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I do. The Redwall books w were released in kind of a mixed order, um, publication order, and then there is a like a official kind of like chronological way that you can read them. Boy, I didn't know that because I... They're also standalone. Uh, yeah, but I mean, there, well, there's like the there's like the hair stories, you uh -huh. know, and then there's like the I think there's like the badger stories, and then you've got kind of the the pre Redwall stuff, like with I think it's Martin the Warrior and Legend of Luke. I think Legend okay. of Luke is. Please correct me if I'm wrong, people, but uh, I think Legend of Luke is technically the first in chronological order. Mm, I think you're right. And I think the hare and the badger stories are the same thing because the badgers are the, like, they control the mountain that the hares live in, right? I don't remember. I've only I read don't a either. few. It's been so well, many years, whatever. But there is like a publication and a, a chronological order. And um, I just, I see, I've, I've seen this conversation crop up a lot and I just haven't really seen like any real reason why you wouldn't do either like yeah I think <laughs> definitely as someone who has been very like chaotic and maybe um haphazard in their reading of books and that many times i've picked up the second trilogy when i should have started with the first one example joe abercrombie i don't know i just i think it depends like like you said earlier it really depends on the series right so right. with like something like Discworld. I would say you could really just read whatever you felt like, and you don't really need to read it in any kind of order. Totally. But also, <laughs> with Discworld, there is kind of a chronological order to the separate like stories that are in, you know, like the death stories or the witches or the guard, uh, the city watch. So yeah, I don't know. It's difficult because the one argument that I've heard in favor of publication order, which I think is what Sir Deadlock here is arguing for as well, is like, it's the way that the author, not not necessarily intended, but it's the way that it came out of the author's brain. Kind of like right. reading the books as the author progresses as a writer as well. And you can kind of like gain that appreciation as you go. And so with chronological order, you're kind of like hopping around to a lot of different like styles or um, like habits the author might have had you know the first Discworld book a lot of people don't like it very much like i don't like it very much it's not it's not great 
you know, The Color of Magic, I think is what it's called. It's okay. Compared to other Discworld books, it's really not great. So if you were to start with that book, I would disagree. I would encourage people to not start with that book. So that would not be in favor of publication order, you know, because it's like, in my opinion, one of the weaker ones. But <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Yeah, I think there's like a fine line and, and a difference between understanding a story and, and then having it revealed to you in the order the author released the content as stories unfold in different ways. And sometimes like knowing something can influence how you read the rest of it, you know? So I like, I think kind of the order that the author intends is probably the best way. Yeah, uh, maybe the most respectful way, but like think about like the star Wars movies. Like, would you rather watch three or four, five, six, and then one, two, three or one, two, three, four, five, six. I don't know. It's because I've watched them so many times at this point. I, know. I don't even know how I, I would, think like, recommend it to anybody. <laughs> and I think if maybe this is just like the way I did it. So like it's the best way. But like I think five, four, five, six, and maybe this doesn't carry over to the book world so much because the technology is so far advanced in one, two, three that it's kind of rough going from like awesome sword battles to like this clunky, like maybe, you know, yeah. like I don't know, kind of tailor it kind of messes with the the story or your opinion of it you know yeah maybe i mean like i think uh with with publication order maybe you're getting stuff from the author that how do i put this like is alluded to in a way that you would only appreciate in publication order if that makes Mm. sense yeah 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 um but i don't know yeah like i think the final answer for that for me personally would be it just really depends on the series yeah Totally. Uh, all right. So next one we have is from Jazzy Ray, which I love. It says, my hot take is that I break book spines. I doggy ear my book pages as a bookmark. Just something about books with a little wear and tear makes me feel like they're just a little loved on. But honestly, just how I like to look at my collection. I keep the special ones nice looking. And Evan and I are going to have different opinions on this one because I'm with you, Jazzy Ray. A book is a tool like many others, and you'll find mine covered in chocolate and maybe a little bit, not disrespected, but a little, they have some wear and tear on them. Now, while I say that, I also don't dog ear book corners for tracking my place. I do that for denoting something as meaningful and cool as that book. So later I can just go grab a book off the shelf and flip to all those dog-eared corners and be like, ooh, something cool or meaningful or beautiful here, you know, catched my attention. And then it's kind of fun to do that from time to time uh, because, of course, I use the book dart, the pinnacle of book tracking (laughs) technology. (laughs) Um, Evan, what are your thoughts? I don't know. Like, I've kind of floated around on this a lot. Like, one of my videos went super viral, uh, like, a couple months ago of me oh i didn't even say anything it was just me like reacting to uh, a friend of mine uh, nick who is on tiktok and instagram and stuff you should go follow him uh but like he uh, but a lot of people won't follow him and say that they blocked him immediately because of the way that he cracked open his book wow yeah so like judging by that video you'd think that i absolutely detest it but i i don't well, yeah, i mean you don't break your book spines i feel i well, thought i was I don't gonna break... get like a hard opposite of mine from this because you i mean uh... it's pretty opposite I, I i try not to you know i mean like but it's crazy sometimes it's kind of unavoidable i mean like i have the yeah. uk editions of the faithful and the fallen books and they're pretty small and pretty dense and malice has a cracked spine because of just the way that i've been reading it and i you know so i, I don't like take special measures to not crack it i feel like you do i mean it depends on the book so like i'm not gonna crack <laughs> like those big like tr- those big like trade paperback like uh orbit books like uh-huh. my copies of books of Babel, like those aren't cracked you know what i mean because 
like those are i just uh, they're big enough books that i that i don't need to crack them right i feel like with mass markets like a really shiny new mass market paperback like like try to read the stormlight archive books without cracking those spines right that's why i like, asked you and you originally told me like a year ago you're like i, I don't break my spines I was like how do you do that just like barely opening it and you're like well sometimes it gets difficult i'll say for the most part i try not to but if if i if there is a crack accidentally or if it's just such a huge paperback book that it cracks then i just won't really it's fine you know, but like yeah. my, my malazan books are cracked yeah I, I do have a special shelf that remains of uncracked those are my signed ones you know but i have like duplicates I'm not going out of my way to crack the spine, though. If it does, so that's my answer. Like, if it happens, that's cool. I don't uh-huh. mind. I'm not going to throw the book away or anything. But I also don't like warm the book up like some people do, where they like no, when they, no. get it, they start they start going to town on the on the spines and stuff. Like, I don't know. I don't I don't do that. I do find the people who flip the one page one side of the book entirely around behind the other one so they're like reading one page that's a little monstrous like okay now we're just going out of our way <laughs> see uh my, my copy of uh watchers by dean Kuntz, what, what i'm reading right now like i bought that with just it was basically a destroyed spine like you can hardly read the side of it right so with that i'm manhandling that book like i'm wrapping the pages around this it's already a lost cause you know what i mean i'm not gonna like try to treat that book better than the person who had it before me did you know because like they already kind of ruined it (laughs) right right yeah like that bridge has been crossed but i don't know i kind of look at a lot of my books as they're like i'm i'm like collecting stuff so there's like that aspect of it so there's just different tiers for me like if book of the ancestor these mark lawrence books back here they're like eight bucks each like i'll probably crack the spines on those you know yeah but my copies of the expanse that i have up here like i'm not cracking my expanse spines you know i spent like so much money on those books and yeah like like, so it does come down to that a little bit for me definitely feel you there's a difference in tier yeah it's it's a nuanced answer you know yeah i don't i don't do the warm-up thing like i'm not gonna crack my books yeah just like you said i'm not gonna go out of my way to do it and like you know i'll I'll definitely, I don't have no problem breaking the spine. One, I'm not going to go out of my way to do it. But two, like, as long as you're not doing something to the book that makes its purpose, which is to be read, harder, right? Like, then it's like, okay, why are you destroying this book? I don't know. Yeah, uh, but it's your property. Do whatever you want with it, you know? I guess, you know. (laughs) Let's see. Let's do the next one here. So this is, again, from Sir Deadlock. This one says, the last Harry Potter book is fine but is not an enjoyable reading experience for me as much as the other books because you don't get the Hogwarts cozy vibes that the other books have. Man, I resonate. I reread the seventh book when I did my last Harry Potter reread a few years ago, and I, I liked it more than I remembered liking it. on this Really? But, well, up until the end. I, don't th- I think the epilogue is silly. I think a, a lot of the series in general is pretty silly. Yeah, uh, but, but that I one think was just like cool way to not commit. The seventh one was all right though. Like, I mean, uh, there's some there's some cool stuff that happens in that book. Yeah, surrounded in hundreds of pages of dross of like, yeah. is the Horcrux behind this tree? Yeah, is it under this rock? Stuff. I don't know. Like, maybe it's just because I'm a little bit older, but like the kind of like infighting and stuff that was caused by that Horcrux and things like well, some things like kind of slotted into place for me. Where I think the first time I read it when it came out in 2007, and it was just it was like the biggest thing that's ever happened you know for me especially when i was like 17 i think i was really disappointed in it because it just it did feel like it was dragging and it didn't have any of that magic that was in the first it didn't six feel like it, harry potter it didn't really feel like it no and then even when they you know the very last part of the book like the whole battle of hogwarts and everything like 
it definitely i don't know and i, I didn't i one thing i really don't like about the seventh book is how voldemort and harry like like voldemort loses like basically a, like a technicality you know what i mean <laughs> like i i just didn't like that it, i felt like and even on this latest read through it just felt like harry like didn't even need to really be there for it like it's it, like he didn't well, wasn't he like the last horcrux well there's that but like the, the like the wand mechanics you know what i mean oh like, sure like the elder wand and stuff like that and i feel like that it felt kind of like shoehorned into the ending you know and then it's just like this kind of weird technicality that like like harry had it but he like got it from malfoy and like this like this whole right complicated, right and he still like, only has like events. three spells that he uses just, like yeah it felt like harry didn't like grow to to be able to do this he was just no. in the right spot with the right wand you know right it was very unearned like if you think about it like voldemort kind of goes out the same way gilderoy lockhart does <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean yeah he do- really does yeah uh so i don't know but I-, I think i agree with this take though just in the sense that it's not it just doesn't have the same vibe to it. Yeah. As a reader, I was so disappointed when I learned they weren't going back to Hogwarts. I was like, what? That's the soul of these books. Yeah, it really is, because it's definitely not Harry. No. <laughs> Maybe Hermione. <laughs> definitely not Ron. I also really didn't like, like you mentioned, the infighting. And like, I, I like me some infighting, but I didn't like the cause of it was Ron being jealous about well, no, it was the Horcrux, Harry's though. relationship. That was the reason that Ron was feeling like that was because he was is there, right, right. So there was right, I just wish they that. would have taken a different direction than like jealousy. Yeah, it's like, weird. Be a sourpuss, but not be like. It's a weird book. I it's think a weird um, book. also like, I don't know. I feel like we just it just isn't the book it was supposed to be because yeah. of how massive it was. Like there was a lot of speculation. I still remember a lot of speculation about whether or not Harry was going to die. And right. I think that he probably should have. Yeah, and it would have been like a pretty good kind of like, but that would have been too dark for. And I, I think I remember reading somewhere that like uh, Rowling had like planned on it, but I don't, I don't know. Don't quote me it on that. It's too wishy washy even... though. It's like cool way to not commit, you know. I think it was overwritten, understoried. Apparently, like during the process of writing it, Rowling was getting like death threats um, oh for gosh. like saying like, if you kill Harry, we're gonna kill you and stuff. Wow. Like that. If you ever find yourself halfway through a death threat letter to an author you need to stop and just analyze <laughs> anybody, yourself and your anybody. opinion of the yeah, story no, don't ever do that to anybody <laughs> yeah but, uh yeah it is kind of like um so that, like i thought over the, like over the years like did we really get the book that was planned or was this like a media like a marketing or like publishing thing where it was like okay so we're gonna kind of take over from here because this story has gotten to a point of such like saturation that it's kind of has to end this way. We had a good conversation with uh, Jason Pargin about that, like a story outgrowing. Oh, no, was that Joseph yeah, that Bancroft? Was, that was, no, that was that Jason was just, Pargin, yeah. Yeah, yeah about like a story like outgrowing the author, and now it's like the world story, you know, and how that can be a very difficult thing to kind of contend with as an author, because it's your story, but all of a sudden it's so not, you know? Yeah, I think that happened with, well, like, uh, at least <laughs> you can tell by some of George R. R. Martin's kind of mm-hmm. like digs at the internet sometimes. Uh, which are pretty funny sometimes, but you know, the idea that, um, you know, spoiler for game of Thrones, but, uh, like Jon snow being his parents being who they are was figured out in forums like years before the end of game of Thrones. And I think like, so George R. R. Martin has expressed some frustration with that. (laughs) It's like, 
now that it's such a big thing and i think uh, patrick rothis is uh, i've heard that theory with him i was too, just where, gonna say yeah yeah i think he keeps rewriting it because he's like oh darn <laughs> someone guessed it and then he has to rewrite the whole thing because no one can be right yeah but i mean even if people do get it like you like the story is the most important thing so just tell it you know what i mean so right don't even listen to that yeah i don't know i've never been in that position i don't know how to give advice on that kind of you stuff will be one day. Yeah. oh my god that'd be that'd be terrifying like yeah that'd, that'd be really frustrating to i imagine to go on the internet and see like a bunch of keyboard warriors like figure oh man out. <laughs> yeah you need to not have your like negative you know like you read a lot of reviews and like get involved in threads and that's fine and you also read a lot of like negative reviews on amazon with your own books when you become a successful famous author you need to really not do that yeah i won't be interacting with anybody that reviews oh you say that now but oh, i will I absolutely know. not do that no i mean i i might read it but i'll never like type oh yeah but like you shouldn't read it either you know oh i don't know i bet i'll, I'll see it <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah i mean you know i was uh, just actually talking to mj kuhn about that on, on the last interview we did um it was me and MJ, mj kuhn like and how to cope that, how to cope she basically said that something along the lines of like you'll You'll say you're not going to, but you're going to. You will Google yourself eventually. Okay. So, uh, Sir Deadlock, being a very opinionated book reviews kill listeners here, love it. We're doing Thanks for one? all the. Oh, wow. Yeah, he's got let's another one here. Yeah. All right, that's then, cool. Well, I don't know if this is a hot take, really, but I just liked it and I'm going to throw it out there. Said, uh, I, and it's relevant to what we're talking about. I've made a conscious decision this year to not look at average reviews at all. And this has been one of the best reading years I've had so far. I used to mainly read books that had a four plus star average rating, and I am discovering that I've missed out on so many books on but i think that's a really important thing because so many reviews like there's so many different opinions and different types of people out there and just like how uh, you know the name of our podcast is kind of a a joke about how you can influence a book before even reading it by reading reviews about it i think that it can really prevent people from going down paths that they personally would love just because they've heard some other people that may have totally different opinions on them cast aspersions on a book that uh, they wouldn't feel the same about yeah i'm sure it's happened to me where like I probably hold opinions about certain things with like without even really thinking about it just because of like a general consensus. Totally. Yeah, yeah. like don't get your in your way as a reader nor let other people. Yeah, and if you don't want to buy stuff on Amazon, that's that's your prerogative for sure and it totally makes sense, but they do have a very cool function where you can sample pretty much anything. Like Yeah. I use so that Google all the time. Yeah, you can sample pretty much every book and a lot of them are like 3-4 chapters. You know, so you can really get a feel for whether or not you want to buy it. I would suggest like I, I do that all the time, you know, with stuff that I'm thinking about. I also buy books without even I don't even I just bought Adrian Tchaikovsky's new book for $30. I have no idea what it's about. So <laughs> that's why I do that on the other end, too. You know that author, right? Like that author has already proven himself to you. But it could be crappy. Like, I don't know, like or it could be something. Maybe it's not crappy, but it could be something I I don't like at all. Right. Don't resonate with. Yeah. But I mean, I understand. Like, I'm going to read every joe abercrombie book regardless with reviews yeah like i try not to read reviews for stuff before i read it i will read reviews after i read it though that's a real thing like i i will comb through reviews one thing you i really hunting. like i like looking at one star reviews for things that i really enjoyed because it's like it can be funny sometimes because somebody will say something that i really disagree with but they're putting it in a pretty articulate, like pretty cool yeah, way. Yeah, some of them are and, hilarious. And sometimes someone points something out to me that I didn't really notice. And it's like actually a pretty big glaring issue with the story. Yeah. 
And it's not something that would make me... You have done that many times for me, which isn't I mean, a bad thing. It's a good thing. You yeah, know? I mean, it's not something that necessarily would change my opinion about the book, but it's just really interesting to think about, you know, because like you reading a story, I mean, try as you might, you're not going to get 100% on the nose no, probably not every even 90%. single thing that, that that story had to offer. And then there's some overlap there where somebody will kind of pick something out of whether it's their opinion or whether it's a plot hole or whether it's whatever and it's kind of cool to see what other people have picked out of stuff so there's that but yeah looking at it beforehand i mean i think for me personally i do get a general vibe of a book sometimes because of the community that i kind of like operate and work in sure it's like hard to avoid it and especially i mean there's people listening to this podcast and uh in the discord and stuff that you know uh, books are a big passion of ours and a big hobby and it's kind of I get you can be a little bit, dare I say, influenced uh, <laughs> sometimes, you know, based on stuff that other people have said, like where then you go and read it and it's just not really your thing. So I think right. that's a really cool idea, Sir Deadlock, of just grabbing stuff, don't read the reviews, try to try to keep your head down, <laughs> you know, when it yeah. comes to that kind of stuff. Yeah, and I like your um conscious kind of effort and decision to not go out of your way to read the reviews prior to consuming the content afterwards, whatever, it's fine. You've already formulated your own opinion and yeah. gotten what you can out of that book, you know, and then you're just kind of looking for things that you might've missed, which I think is totally healthy and fine. So I like that um, approach as well. I think that's wise. Yeah. I mean, like I don't, I don't, I typically, if I'm going to go see a movie, like I won't like go look at reviews for the movie before I go see it, but it can kind of happen though. Accidentally. Like, I mean, absolutely. I still haven't seen the new Spider-Man movie, but just through osmosis, just like through me being on the internet, apparently like it's incredible. So now my my expectations are raised just because of memes and like internet saturation and stuff. Just like buying that. the tickets, you see the Rotten Tomatoes rating. What? If just buying the tickets, you know, looking up the thing, yeah, it says the Rotten Tomatoes rating right on Google right there, you know? That's kind of weird. Aprilatron has a good comment. She says, on the topic of ratings, something I've noticed is that ratings tend to vary by genre. For example, horror ratings always skew low. Once I noticed that, I stopped taking ratings too seriously. That's a good notice. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I can see horror ratings skewing low, actually, because maybe yeah. it's something that was like hyped up and then someone didn't know it was horror and then they started reading it and they were like, I had a terrible time with this. Right, but like that's kind of the point, though, a little. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've spoken at length uh, and very publicly about how I don't I don't particularly like the five star rating system. No, um, I don't like it very much. I think that the uh, even the the hundred percent rating system is basically just a ten point with decibels. Nah, I'm a binary man to read to not to read. I don't know. I just think every every book has its own thing. Yeah. If Goodreads got rid of the five star rating, maybe uh, that'd be interesting. It'd yeah. Be, it'd be total chaos out here. Nobody would know what to read anymore. <laughs> <laughs> if we didn't have the five star rating <laughs> yeah it's a little arbitrary to like why five you know well i mean what if you read a five star book and then you read another five star book which one did you like more <laughs> right by creating a top it's hard to get better <laughs> that's i'm that's just me personally i've gotten in like i'm with you full ass arguments with people on the internet about this the hills we die on the last like big like argument i got into on tiktok that like thousands of people could see which is like i don't do that anymore no we call each other evan that's our rule we're like i think i'm being reactionary call the other and make sure that you're not yeah exactly but yeah definitely the last like big tussle i got into online was definitely the five star rating or the 10 star rating or whatever because i used to do the 10 scale because mm. I, I i did a 10 point but with decimal scale so oh yeah sure so you actually have 100 it, but it, <laughs> 
but i remember like yeah i was sitting there like putting up i was like editing a review for something it was like years ago i was like why am i giving this i'm giving this like an 8.9 but i just gave that other book a nine right like what's the one decibel difference here right and that's the crux of it right because you don't have it defined you don't have like it all boiled down and so it's this objective thing it's just like i feel like and so it's just, just this subjective dart throw into like somewhere between one and ten it's like okay whatever what does that mean well and yeah and then what if it, and this is like you know my process as a as a reviewer but like what i figured out is like i'm already saying all the stuff that's valuable you know what i right. mean like i'm like i can just say how i felt about it say what and it's not about like, and thus and, it's a six point yeah and then, and then it's like the number is like kind of arbitrary like doesn't really absolutely that's the, like nobody's really people aren't watching that video like what's he gonna rate it what's he gonna <laughs> rate it you know like that's <laughs> they're like well, no what is he saying about it right right and that's the important but i do part. get so, yeah i'm, I'm the, with you. the olive branch i'll extend for the whole star rating thing and everything is like i do get that it is a very like like visually it's a really cool like quick way to get a lot of information really quickly um mm-hmm. and if you don't like think about it <laughs> to the extent that I have, you know, it makes a lot of sense. There's a reason it right. exists, you know, but like there's also, you know, as a, someone who sold things on Amazon before, like your competitors will come along and buy from you and then leave you negative reviews just because they <laughs> sell the same product just because they're yeah. jerks. And so it's like, you know, I think Aprilatron nailed it when don't really take them too seriously. Yeah, they're fun. Yeah. They're funny sometimes. Remember how we created that one episode where we were going to read negative reviews and then we decided to not release it because it was just us kind of like muckraking. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah, that was a rough episode because we did like an hour long episode where we were just it was reading. funny too. It was like reading one star reviews, but it just felt like the whole episode had like such a negative tone about it yep. because i don't know we were joining them we were doing the exact same thing that we were saying like we probably shouldn't do and then we were like yeah. making like, re- re- we were reviewing the reviewers and it was like okay this is just a right exactly piece, that's what know? it came down to yeah it was like <laughs> yeah. it was like us being like really I- I- incredulous and like indignant about it yeah. and so like we were annoyed and so <laughs> it's just so like the reviewer was annoyed so we were annoyed and yeah yeah, yeah. So this is from t-dog t-dog writes my hot take Martin's A Song of Ice and Fire is more entertaining than Tolkien's Lord of the Rings. Woo! What a wow, we made the same noise. Uh, Sizzling, wow. yeah, we did. <laughs> Damn, that came in. Yeah, that came in really hot. Gee. I I agree, I think. There's a key word there's a key word here, and it's entertaining. Right. Oh, for sure. Yeah, no, it's not saying one's better or worse. Mm. I think I think one one on average was more entertaining and that is the song of ice when fire but i think that lord of the rings had higher highs and lower lows i think i'm gonna go ahead and agree with you here oh, man it feels like almost sacrilegious but like yeah i think a song of ice and fire is more entertaining for, but maybe i think that might be a result like not a result i think that might be because of it's it's newer like it's more kind of geared towards like what you relate to our, it more well i think our generation is just used to a certain pace and a certain uh thoroughness with Voice. storytelling uh as opposed to like i would say like obviously i mean i don't think anybody would really argue with me on this but like i think the world building and like the world that was built for lord of the rings is more thorough and better thought out uh than a song of ice and fire not saying the song of ice and fire isn't thorough not saying it's not well thought out but like i mean tolkien compared to tolkien yeah like tolkien's like (laughs) like he's got he's got 40 years of world building on on uh, martin over there right like hospitals have to keep people who speak elvish on call just in case someone comes in with an ailment and they need someone to speak elvish to but, them yeah i would say yeah song of ice and fire for sure i think it's i think it's more enter- entertaining yeah 
I, I on average, I would like, say I'm, I'm rereading Lord of the Rings right now, and like, yeah, it's pretty some pretty boring parts of those books for oh, sure. Yeah, for sure. Not to but say there's, there's some moments that parts. I got out of my chair. I was like, yeah, ah, no, I mean, like Gandalf, you know? Gandalf falling in Moria. Yeah, like, that, I don't know if there's any parts of Song of Ice and Fire that hit me as hard as Gandalf falling in Moria. I don't know, though, maybe Ned Stark. But it's Gandalf, man. Like, I don't know. Gandalf, yeah, yeah, yeah. he doesn't hold a candle to Ned Stark. Have you heard that interview with George R. R. Martin where he says that when he read Lord of the Rings for the first time, he was really sad that Gandalf came back? And he thought, really? he thought that was a really bad decision. A little wishy-washy? Well, it's funny because, like, of course George R. R. Martin would say that. You know, like the king of <laughs> killing every character. Yeah, he, he just slays everybody. Though he did bring... Um, well, I don't want to spoil anything. Yeah. So. Well, like, uh, yeah, don't. <laughs> That's a pretty major one. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I know exactly. I stopped myself. Hey, no, you did great. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, um, I don't know. I mean, like, I think, yeah, like, uh, the ride of the Rohirrim, the way that that's written out mm-hmm. in Return of the King, it's just amazing. But then there's also, like, I mean, I think Two Towers, uh, when Merry and Pippin are with Treebeard. Some of those boring parts of those books. Oh my god! A lot of people disagree with me. I think I put that. They're like boring on purpose, kind of though. Oh yeah. It's like almost like the point. Like the end moot is so boring, and so do and like Pippin and Mary think that too. Yeah. Um, Like we've just got done saying hello. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and agree with that. More entertaining. Yeah. Though when it comes down to the movies, the Lord of the Rings movies are more entertaining than the entire entertainment value eked out of the entire series. Oh wow, that is, that. that's a hot take. I don't even know if I agree with that. I think I think I do. Of course, I just said it. Ah <laughs> oh, man, I think Game of Thrones as a show is more entertaining than the Peter <gasps> Jackson movies. I don't think it's better than the Peter Jackson movie. Right, 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 right. That keyword entertaining. I don't know, man. Those I love those movies. They're so entertaining. You're on a desert island, and somebody said you can have all eight seasons of Game of Thrones on Blu-ray, or you can have these three movies. Like, but I mean, I would pick Game of Thrones simply because there's longer. Okay. It will entertain me longer. Right. That's a dumb question. <laughs> <laughs> no, what I mean, I get what you're saying, and I did say like the summation of all. Of, so like you know, I, yeah, I don't know. That's kind of hypocritical of me to, to pick the other and say one. But like you know, I don't know. Yeah, they're both very entertaining. <laughs> Let's move on. I feel like we could okay, we okay. Could talk about this till it's so boring for everyone listening. <laughs> I know, right? People could be like, but the real hot take is like the entertainment value of this episode. All right, Inakias Piazu says my hot take is a series four plus books should grab me right away if I'm to get into it. Shouldn't take two to three books to get good. Grab me right off the bat. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I don't I don't know if necessarily if I like 100 percent agree with that, but I think it's super valid. I mean, your time is really precious. I think there's like varying degrees of like how into how much promise you think something has. Right. So it's like I've definitely been pretty bored in a first book and had people say it gets a lot better. Um, Yeah. So many times. Like you really have to make that call personally on whether or not you trust that there's that potential is really there for you. You know, but right? I, yeah, I mean, it's the author, the author's responsibility. I mean, I guess to keep it interesting. Yeah, I can't tell you how many times I've been told, like, wait till you get to book three. I'm like, you're telling me I have to get through <laughs> two books before this story is valuable enough for me to be stoked about? Like, what? No, get me on book one, and f- hopefully within the first hundred pages, even. You know, that's a that's a big thing with Dresden Files because I I think I get asked about Dresden Files more than mm. pretty much any other series. Like, do people always want to know if i've read dresden files interesting yeah i mean i read those first few books and it just didn't do it for me i just didn't they're not bad by any means you know i mean they're they're not terrible i I loved them yeah you've read a lot of them right 
Yeah, oh, I've read. Yeah, I've, I read all of them at one point, but he's kept creating them, and oh, so I'm behind on them. Um, but yeah, I've read quite a few. I've heard they get awesome, like really, really good. But I just didn't like those first few of them. And people keep telling me you just got to push. Even Jim Butcher is like, oh yeah, you got to push fast. Like the f- I don't know though if I agree with that because like while the story does get better and more emotional and like has he adds a depth to it the writing gets better he expands his world quite a bit and to a point that's maybe more engrossing but they all have the same voice and they all kind of have that sarcastic flair to them and if you don't like that from book one i don't know if you're ever gonna be like man now these books are good i think what gave me pause was just harry dresden just kind of being like a weird kind of like fedora wearing like trench coat wearing like you know he's just like oh i i you know fault me for it all you like but i'm i'm a uh i'm chivalrous at heart and i will always open doors for women whether they like it or not and just like all the eclectic gentlemen man dude this is like a little creepy like i don't know man like this is weird like why are you writing him like this but then apparently that kind of i've I've heard that that kind of like dissipates a little bit and then it like goes more into like the white council and stuff and it gets yeah oh he grows as a character and like the story like i said the world expands quite a bit maybe i I should just read them all i don't know i just i love them but but again i like book one uh see uh, i don't know i've read book one twice (laughs) wow yeah because that's a problem well because i maybe (laughs) yeah maybe that is actually but yeah the storyline isn't really even dependent on like you they're not like like each one is kind of its own self-contained thing. So it's like of all the book series, to like I'm going to read the first one twice. Like you don't really need to. You could like read that and then the seventh one. And yes, they do build upon each other, but not in a way like Lord of the Rings does, where it's like you need to read them in order, you know? Well, like uh, I, I remember you let me borrow Stormfront, the first book. Uh-huh. And I was like, yeah, all right, like whatever. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to read the Dresden Files books. So then I read Stormfront again. Then I read Full Moon and I did not like Full Moon. But I pushed on to what was the third book like Summer Night? I think so. Yeah, I think that is well, good memory, man. <laughs> and then I read that, and I was just like, ah, this is just still like I'm not. But the but uh, I was doing it on audiobook, and the narrator. Have you listened to those books on audiobook? No, I have not. Summer Night is actually the fourth yeah. one. Grave Peril is the third. Oh, Grave Peril, that's what it was. Okay, yeah, so yeah, I read yeah. Grave Peril and I read Summer Night, and I was just like, I'm not. Yeah, you got this. through four. That's enough to know. Yeah, exactly. It kind of goes with what this take is, you know. I mean, like, and you know, seeing the not only the readers but a, like the author would be like i just pushed past those few of them i was like no, right right really like dude once you that. get to white knight like the eighth one it's so good you're like man but maybe I it really is though yeah that's, that's the, the ninth one actually but yeah the james marsters i believe is the narrator's name um and he is fantastic really really nice pushed me through those ones and i don't know i just kind of was just like eh, if this is what this series is i don't want to keep reading these. sidebar question as an up-and-coming audiobook narrator publisher whatever myself i want to know what makes you say that what makes you say this audiobook reader kills i mean i, th- I think like a, a range and how they emote like vocally okay. is like really really important like if it's a kind of flat like a like one audiobook narrator i'm not a huge fan of i don't think that they're bad by any means but just for me personally would be um the person that narrates uh farseer books and the night angel mm, books okay. the reason that i started and didn't finish night angel actually was because i only had it on audiobook and i just didn't oh, no. just couldn't connect with the audiobook narrator for some reason it just sounds like very flat not a big fan of it so like yeah like a big range in in how they can emote and everything is really big for me i typically like i'll i love a british or irish audiobook yeah. narrator like the american ones like um like no shade at all 
to um uh, this doesn't bode well for me uh, i don't like you're, this you're piece of advice like <laughs> you're saying i'm not <laughs> I, well i'm sure no you there are, i've read uh, like andrew cascino has an american accent um yeah and yeah does a great job you know fantastic uh, the person that narrated the david bad trilogy did a phenomenal job with those books like really really yes. i can't remember her name um but yeah like uh like the <laughs> the narrator for the name of the wind a lot of people really like him and it totally like he he does have a very i've never good, listened to it before he has a very good range like his range is fantastic um but just something about his voice i just don't want to listen i don't want to listen to it for 18 hours but like uh also the the narrator for uh the the expanse books was really good uh, and he's american so don't worry don't sell yourself short you know but yeah, yeah okay okay but when Thank i do you. hear That's a good. british narrator i'm just like ooh, nice yeah <laughs> yeah they're especially tasty yeah yeah i have the similar sort of thing with uh lia summers who was the reader for the priory of the orange tree i just couldn't couldn't resonate with her readerness it's, it's a very um personal thing because you know you are stuck with that person for a you know, number of hours and you know it's up to you to decide whether or not you want to listen to them for that long and um mm-hmm. i don't know it's it's uh you just know or you don't yeah like yeah, yeah no i feel yeah and everyone's different as well the next hot take is from mina or mina i'm not sure how you pronounce that uh but m-i-n-n-a thanks mina i like the twilight series better than the akatar series hmm, i can't I answer because i've only read akatar there are some circles of the internet that you probably shouldn't even say that <laughs> but, <laughs> but you're safe here you're absolutely safe here i've only read the first yes. twilight book i've read all the akatar books so i, I can't speak like too much to this uh i do think i just wanted to read it because it is uh it's it's a daring take you know uh, what twilight or akatar just saying like i like twilight more than akatar or oh you I wanted like, to read her right. comment i guess yeah, i wanted, saying, I yeah, wanted yeah. To, to to give it props um but yeah like that way she I'll, can start getting hate mails and stuff <laughs> no, i will definitely yeah I'll, I'll weigh on this just a little bit just because i did read the first twilight book um but i i like the first twilight book more than i thought i was going to and i liked akatar more than i thought i was going to um i think i like i think i liked akatar more just because I felt like the characters, I felt like like the romances in Akatar just felt a little bit more earned. Uh, the romance yeah. in Twilight just doesn't like they never have like like a real conversation, and at least in that first book, I definitely I think Akatar is like a bit more immersive. But that's because I read fantasy, you know, and it's just like a very right. much more fantastical thing. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I haven't read all the Twilight books. Right, though Akatar does get like texting in there with like her. Uh, yeah, there is little, some, there uh, is some texting, some mind texting. Yeah, yeah. I like yeah, some I cool fancy texting. Really cute, honestly. It was adorable. <laughs> yeah, I really yeah. liked it a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I own all the Twilight books. Oh yeah, you bought them at Goodwill, huh? So yeah, I got the like, the whole thing for like 15 bucks. So I was like, wow. Yeah, I'm kind of curious. Well. I'm going to read, read these at some uh, point. I think is it Midnight Sun, which is the one from Edward's perspective? I'm not sure. Is that what it is? Somebody correct me on that. I wouldn't know. I'm sure somebody <laughs> knows. But uh yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I'd be able to have like a real concrete opinion on this until I read the entire Twilight series, uh, which I'm sure I mean, I'll get to it. We Don't should worry. do. We should do it. That might be a, like a next year, like a late, yeah. late next year kind of thing. They're pretty big, and there's like four of them. They're so four. easy. Like the first one, I crushed it. It was, I mean, because it's it's interesting. Like what's happening for sure. It's definitely interesting. Like you're just like, oh, what the hell is gonna happen next? Oh my god. Yeah, like, people can hate on bandwagon fans all they want for me. Like One Direction is so great. Like go listen to a One Direction song though. They are catchy. I love wondering. Like I, I really, I mean, I only read the first one for a reason because, like, uh, as fine as I was with it, I wasn't like, let's keep going. Oh my god, like this right. is so good. I don't know. Like uh, I could probably read them again. It's, it's, yeah. They don't feel like four hundred, five hundred page books. Like uh, at least okay. that first one didn't. You know, I got to the end hmm. and I was like, oh, there's the end. Oh my god, jeez. Cool. Maybe I'll read them sooner rather than later. That sounds kind of fun. Our next hot take is from Jenezki. 
who says Mistborn isn't that great. I only read the first book. I had lost all hope for Sanderson, but then I decided to start Stormlight and, and it's my favorite ongoing book series. Uh, man, I, I don't, I won't say they're not that great, but I do think that it didn't live up to the hype in my opinion for me, you know, like it was just like, eh, but again, okay. So like, I, and let me I explain that a little loved bit. I loved when I read it. <laughs> the first one is really good. My reasoning is kind of petty because, or like maybe just like a me thing. I don't like worlds that are really dr- dull and drab because I just get tired of seeing gray in my mind so much. Like I had the same problem with fifth season because it was like the world was just so like dreary and I get a little like sad in my brain. Yeah. You know, so like that's kind of a weird reason. Like it wasn't like written poorly or anything. I just get tired of gray ash. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's definitely not written po- like neither of those are written poorly um no specifically i mean broken earth is i mean at least for the fifth season is like fucking brilliant oh i mean uh, yeah but, those books won tons like, of awards and stuff but like mistborn um yeah i don't know i think it's like a really solid first book in a trilogy now that being said uh and some of you listening know this i did not finish the second book uh because i didn't like it so <laughs> so i mean I've, i liked them so much i've read like six or seven like a lot of them so it's like i'm not saying they're bad i just got real tired of grayness and that first mistborn book kicks ass it's so good i want to read it again actually it's we should read awesome. it on the i would ra- i'd be down to read it again too we'd have to read all of them man we can't just read the first yeah, one well, let's read let's do it uh, i think we had talked about that i think we yeah doing a mistborn read would be great i would love long to- series don't scare me oh, i would love to do a mistborn read on here that'd be fun me too yeah i think i think um that's a next year thing for sure yeah we're gonna have to add some sanderson to our canon at some point yeah we know? haven't well we did warbreaker Oh, we did do Warbreaker, huh? Yeah, yeah, hot take. Was, I didn't love Warbreaker. I didn't, I didn't love Warbreaker um, either. Like, not enough war, not enough breaking. Varied all of our opinions are, you know? That some people, have, that's like their favorite Sanderson book, you know? Yep. Um, let's, do, uh, let's do one more each. Okay, perfect. Okay. This is from River Bandit. Thank you, River Bandit. River Bandit says, I like reading cool books on my iPhone more than Kindle or physical books. Ooh. Okay, so I disagree with this with a caveat. With a caveat. Okay. Obviously, whatever whatever way you read, just get the book in you. It doesn't matter. But, yeah, totally. But get the book in you. I like that. the phone. I don't. I, I don't like the glass. I don't. No. And I know that my Kindle Oasis is also glass, but it doesn't feel like it. It doesn't look like it, so it's different. But I I will say, the iPhone. Well, if you're using the Kindle app, you can do continuous scroll, and that shit rocks. Ooh. The continuous scroll is awesome. I, I my reader really, on my computer has that, I and I just set it up. It's really scroll. cool. Yeah, big fan of that. Uh, but yeah, on the phone, ah, ah, nah, that's just me. I don't know. I have a few things to say here, and none of them may be super great because I'm a recent adopter of the Kindle. Evan was awesome enough to send me when he upgraded his Kindle. He sent me uh, his his older one, and I love it. I've kind of fallen in love with it. I initially thought that I wouldn't like it as much because I really love the tactile experience of a book, the turning of the pages, the sound, the smell, everything. And so I didn't think that I would like the Kindle very much. Now that I'm 10 kindle books in though i'm all about it it's convenience (laughs) is it's convenience outweighs any negative thing that i might cast upon it if i was like a multi-millionaire or billionaire or something i would be buying 
Kindles for. I would just buy like thousands of Kindles and just throw them out to people. Yeah, this like this is the coolest invention ever. It's it lasts. It's the battery radical. lasts forever. You can load this thing up with ten thousand books. It's, it can do audiobooks it's too. Amazing. Yeah, Kindles are great. It's so amazing. Just e-readers yeah, it's really, in general. Really cool. Not just we're not. This isn't an advertisement for Kindle, but just like e-readers in general. The final thing that I would say here is I. And I haven't read a full book on my phone, so I, I'm speaking from my guessing here. But one of the reasons why I like the Kindle, a device separate from my phone, is it is separate from my phone. I'm not getting distracted by notifications or text messages or people calling me or like it's just a book in electronic digital format. And that's really nice. I think I'd be very distracted if I was getting Instagram notifications on my Kindle. Yeah. But like, what do I have to go airplane mode? What if like my mom needs me really badly or something? Yeah. You you can just turn up. We don't have to get into this. (laughs) Yeah. But then I have to go and like rechange all the settings every time I want (laughs) to read it. Like, nah, I'm just going to have a Kindle river bandit. I'm curious if you want to post up in the discord, I'm kind of curious, like why you like reading on your phone more than the Kindle books. Cause uh, I've, I know that a lot of people do read on their phones. I think it might be the convenience. convenience. Yeah, it's the convenience. Um, I mean, I read some manga on my phone because Shonen mm-hmm. Jump is like the coolest app ever. And it's like two bucks a month. And there's just like tons and tons. Oh, cool. The screen does hurt my eyes after a while, though. Um, I found I figured out a hack to make your phone, your iPhone screen. Uh, if you use an iPhone to make it do tell even lower brightness than the default bright low brightness. So if you go into and you're gonna have to look this up because i'm not gonna do like a really good job explaining this but basically the zoom function on your iphone Uh uh-huh if you turn it on it'll decrease the brightness on your phone Um, oh and so and it's in like accessibility or something and i have it in my um like i can just turn it off and on so it makes it so that you go all the way down and then turn on zoom yeah and then it'll make your screen and then if you tap the phone with your finger with three fingers uh like twice or something it'll zoom out to like the regular what it's supposed to look like the dimness will be like noticeably dimmer you know so you can cool yeah it's a nice little hack because like even with the, the blue light filter and stuff it still feels too bright you know sometimes if yeah it's like oh totally dark before bed but yeah I'm not, I'm not i'm not saying don't read on your phone read on your phone you know get that book up in you. especially if that's going to be the difference between you like you reading in the line at subway or you not reading in the line at subway you know then like you should be reading on your phone oh yeah i mean i have the kindle app and i have definitely annoyed some of my friends when we're out doing stuff and we're waiting for something i'll like whip out my i'll try to get a chapter in or something they don't like you that. told me a couple months ago you were like you're out to go see a movie and you were like listening to an audiobook like in the theater i was i was in line at the concession and the line was really, really long. So I put in my AirPods and put on like a like a science fiction-y, like, <laughs> like ambient playlist. And then I was reading on my phone, like in the line of the concession. <laughs> like the one part of the movie going experience you can hang out with your friend. I know, it's so dumb. I was, I, oh, I wanted no, to read. Just funny. I wanted to read. Yeah, you're passionate about reading. Yeah, I think that's totally. just cute. That's working. And funny, not uh, actually bad. Yeah, okay. you're working. I was working. Let's do one more. All right. Okay, so our last one comes from Kevin. Which, I mean, I've never met a Kevin. I didn't like, sidebar. Okay, so I re- Kevin says, I remembered my other hot take. I really dislike the word bookish. I dislike it aesthetically. And Kevin, I must apologize <laughs> to you, especially being such a fan of Kevin's. I take. use it in the book review kill uh, descriptions all the time. So my bad. Sorry, man. I don't know. I never thought about it. I think it's we a don't have to word. answer every one of these. Bookish thoughts and bookish folk. Bookish, like like you're like you're made of books. Yeah, it's bookish. You know, <laughs> like you have bookish thoughts or bookish friends or uh, bookish conversations. What about book full, Kevin? 
like this is a book we're full having, we're having book full conversation <laughs> i would be like you're using what no that's not a word the word they were looking for is bookish my <laughs> bookness your bookness, bookness? bookticity book book bookticity yeah yeah like, bookapalooza bookacity <laughs> oh that's been it's hard to use but i'm gonna keep reusing bookish there was a i don't know if you joined it but i i recently joined threads which is the new um like Instagram solution to to, to Twitter, um, it's a great app. I like it a lot. But Threads, yeah, you should download it. It's, it's from Instagram. Yeah, it's like connects your Instagram. Uh, it's like Twitter oh. for Instagram, basically. It's awesome. Cool. I really like it a lot. I just have never gotten into Twitter because yeah, like, I hadn't it's either. Like more, and more yeah. you know, so it's like that's really cool yeah. that I now can it's get that function. Connected to the Instagram and stuff. But anyway, um, there was a, some some debate, some heated debate on what to call, like, because we have Book Talk and we have Bookstagram. So what about threads? Is it like book threads? Book thread? Like, yeah. That's, I mean, it'd still probably be bookstagram though, right? Like it would just be like a subsect of. I don't know. I don't even use hashtags. It says threads and Instagram app. It's like it's what it's called in the app yeah, store. Yeah, we're not gonna. It's not like bookstagram a thread or like threads a bookstagram app. Right. <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> but um, yeah, maybe, but it's like it's part. It's like a that. sub feature of Instagram. You know, we know we don't need a, a real like book reels, real book. Like no, it's like maybe. it's still Bookstagram. Well, because like <laughs> I love how it's like BookTube, BookTok, Bookstagram, but people just say Book Twitter because they nobody like because Booker is ridiculous. Like, Twitter, like no one's gonna say Twitter. No, or like, or like tw- tw- <laughs> tw- tw- Booker. <laughs> All right, Book I think that's yeah. No, it's dumb. Once we start making up words, I think it's time for us to go. So let's, <laughs> yeah, uh, probably so. Thank you, everyone, for your hot takes. It was awesome. You all are so brave, hopping in the Discord, becoming part of the conversation, and letting us know your sizzling takes, regardless of any aspersions. Which also, I want to thank everyone for not casting any aspersions and being so polite. Yeah, thanks for being so polite. Thanks for listening to our takes about your takes. Appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. If you guys want to make some comments about our takes about and then your we'll, takes, we'll, that would we'll be super awesome. The, the comments about our takes about your takes. <laughs> That'll <laughs> be a never-ending story. <laughs> All right, cool. Uh, that's going to do it for me, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Join us. Uh, we've got Malice coming out pretty soon. Uh, the first yeah, book is Faithful and the Fallen. Uh, Golden Sun is coming out soon. And uh, Chad and I will also be doing, because we felt like we just weren't really doing enough. Uh, we're right. probably we're gonna do Shattered Sea as well. I just finished the first book and we're, yeah, and we're coming at you hot with some Woo! more Joe Abercrombie. Or actually, this is our yeah, first Joe Abercrombie that we've done on. I think so. so. Nice Shattered wow. Sea, everybody. Yeah. So uh, yeah. if you're interested, the first book is called Half a King. It's really good. It's easy. You know, it's a full story. It's awesome. Uh, and then there's two more books after that. I'm into the second one, and I think it's better, honestly, already. So, yeah, but that's gonna. That's it. That's up. That's all the we we did it. That's up. Yep, that's all. That's all of it. So uh, everybody, thank you so much for listening. I hope you have an awesome rest of your day, and of course, happy reading. Bye, everybody.